teams and plays with Texas players. episode of the Purple Theory Podcast. My name is Grant McGalliard. Uh, it is Thursday, June 18th, and I have, as with me always, Parker Fleming. Parker, how are you doing? I am doing great, Grant. Uh, how are you? you know, I, I'm doing all right. We uh, <clears throat> put, out a, put out a paper this morning. Uh, I'm going down to uh, see my, my family this weekend. We're going to do some social distancing at an Airbnb in Rockport, Texas, which, let me oh. tell you, is going to be great. It's going to be a bunch of isolated the, uh... in a house. They call it the the Paris of uh, Southeast Texas, don't they? Many people say that, yeah. <laughs> um, but no, no, I'm I'm, I'm very excited. I'm going to drink rum uh, by a beach. Uh, well, uh, well, actually by a private pier. So yeah, it's going to be very good. Awesome. There are uh, there are worse lives. Yeah, there that's, are. Uh, that's great. There are. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, a lot of things are happening. College college football is uh, slowly moving towards coming back. Students are on campus, and we are all figuring out what the new normal looks mm-hmm. like, um, which is super interesting. And, and, you know, again, remain optimistic that mm-hmm. uh, we'll get to see some, some football this fall. And uh, that, that'll be really, really great. Um, tonight, Grant, we, we have a treat for our listeners. I, I, and I mean that really, you know, I think I, I say that kind of every week, but I actually mean this. Um, we have Randy Peterson from the Des Moines Register on the show, and he is going to help us with our Iowa State preview for 2020. And mm-hmm. Randy was delightful, like a very nice oh, guy. And just, yeah it's so funny to like talk to someone and while they're talking, just be like, man, you are charming as hell. And Randy yeah. Peterson is charming as hell. He is um, charming as hell. And he's also been doing this for literal decades. Like, you'll, you'll hear how long he's been, uh, he's been with the Des Moines Register, but, but he's, that guy knows more about college football and has forgotten more about college football than I'll ever know. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, he, he was, he, he was really great to talk to. Also, uh, this is a cliche, mine like a steel trap. Like I said oh, something offhand yeah. and he was like, well, actually that was, you know, this and this and this. It was yeah. very, very smart. He, he was uh, recalling calls from a 1968 basketball yes. game. It was incredible. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so this is a great interview, a great preview into Iowa State this fall. Um, you'll, you'll definitely really, really enjoy uh, this. Um, before we get to a little bit of Twitter Q&A, Grant, um, I do want to talk about uh, we are including for the first time this week a link in our show notes and we'll post it on Twitter to a newsletter. Without telling stories out of school, without saying too much about what's going on, I just want to say that if you want to be in the know about quality TCU content um, for this upcoming football season and leading up to this upcoming football season, go ahead and sign up uh, your email there. It is going to be free for now. There will be um, some content this summer and then we'll ramp up content for this fall. But if you want to be in the know with where Grant and I and some of our friends are going to be um, posting some quality content, go ahead and drop your email on that link and sign up for the Purple Theory newsletter. Yeah. And it's going to be, again, without telling tales out of school, just sort of, um, kind of like the the written form of our vibe right it's good you know parker is going to be able to you know podcasts i don't know if you know this parker are an audio medium um and and with with the visual medium parker can really break down some of his really great ideas he's got a bunch of charts um and and i'm sure uh the newsletter will include a chart or two and um it's going to allow us to really sort of break down things um in a way that, that even on a podcast, we, we really can't do. So, so I highly encourage you all to click the link and sign up. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. And, and that's uh, all our lawyers will allow us to say at the moment. Darn those lawyers, mm-hmm. those sons of guns. Um, all right, let's do, Grant, we had so many Twitter questions we and did. I'm flattered. That is awesome. But let's do some rapid fire 
Uh, yeah, speed round. Speed, speed uh, round. I, I, let's, unless the question, like, you just can't do it, let's do three sentences per answer. Three sentences per answer. You're really putting me yes. in a box here. I know, I know, uh, I know. Three sentences per answer. All right, well, then we're just, we're just rolling. Uh, we won't put a timer on the clock, but we'll keep it on our yeah, heads. We'll keep so, it going. Um, okay, first question from our friend Horned Frog 86, presumably a Horned Frog who graduated in 86. You'd think. Um, or was born in 86. I don't know, either way. Uh, the, the quality of football that you saw, depending on whether you were born in 86 or graduated in 86, is vastly Ooh, different. Wildly different, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Holy cow. Um, yeah. Okay, so uh, Hornfrog86 asks, who is our field goal kicker, Grant? Uh, if I had to bet, it would be Griffin Kell. I can say that in one sentence, but he is in a, he's accurate and he's got a big leg, so I think Griffin's probably the guy. I got three sentences, so that's my answer. Our second question comes from a uh, friend, Nathan Jolly, who asks, will college football ever see true parody again? Or has there ever been true parody? Your answer. My answer would be that there has never been true parody and that the haves are only going to continue to have more under the current system. You take a stab at this one, Parker. I posted recently a graph. I had talked to um, Bud Elliott of 24-7 Sports about. Nice. Hey, you, uh, you dropped something. It was a name. I don't know what that was. Look, nice man, name the, drop. the DMs are hopping, and I'm not going to apologize <laughs> for that. Um, and so Bud and I are talking about rising inequality in, in college football recruiting. Uh, you know, he talks about the blue chip ratio, and I have thoughts about that. It's an interesting way to look at it. Um, but inequality in recruiting is rising. College football is increasingly a divide between the haves and the have-nots. Last week on our episode with Cody Alexander uh, about defense, someone you should go back and listen to, semicolon, this is all one sentence. Uh, <laughs> Cody Alexander said, you know, defenses are making choices about their scheme based on being a have or a have-not. Can I recruit enough linemen to run a four down? Can I recruit the corners to run the pro-style defense? So I think that is increasing. And given that the college football playoff basically took the worst parts of the BCS and put them behind closed doors, we are going to increasingly see a college football landscape that is geared towards those with larger money um, and uh, larger fan bases, which is uh, disappointing. So I think parity is increasingly going to de decrease if we're talking about second derivatives there. All right, let's switch gears completely uh, <laughs> from friend of the podcast, Will Brasher. Was Gary Patterson really singing in that music video? And which D1 coaches would make the best boy band? You, you take the first half. Okay, uh, Gary Patterson singing, yes, with a lot of no more vocal enhancement than anybody else in Nashville. I have heard Gary Patterson sing live. It sounds fine. He is a good singer. This isn't a joke. This isn't like a, hey, let's fix this up or whatever. This is Gary Patterson laid down that track and they enhanced his voice like they do for any artist. Um, I like it. As far as the boy band goes, I want Saban and all of his assistants that have become head coaches to make a boy band, and I want Kirby Smart to play the guitar. Kirby and Smart guitar is strong. I would say, can we just convince Cliff to come back and be a part of that? I, yeah, we probably could. You can't have a college football boy band without Cliff Kingsbury. That's just that's that's a fact. Yeah, that's fair. Who, who's <laughs> Now nah, we're gonna go down a different road. I was gonna ask who the we'll the do hot coaches on another. Yeah, that's what I was gonna podcast. ask. That's that's fine. We'll we'll do that on a different podcast. Uh, okay, uh, I'm jumping around it, and we are uh, out of order. But since we were talking about recruiting earlier uh, from JD Sailors, with the increase in recruiting talent, has there been a drop in quote unquote edge we've seen an overlooked, under recruited talent of the past? I'm all for recruiting top talent, but are there unintended consequences? 
Okay, this is a hell of a question. One, and content, and then two, if you ask me about unintended consequences, I'm gonna be there, I'm signing up for that. Mm -hmm. um, yes, I absolutely think this is a real thing. I need to look at this empirically, but I think there's some kind of like U-shape, again, plug for why you should sign it for the newsletter because I could show you this graph uh, instead of tell it to you visually. Mm -hmm. There's some, some kind of like U-shape talent maximization function and given like context on the x-axis and talent you know what we get out of talent on the y-axis it's like the more that context becomes this like hey i'm on instagram and i'm friends with everyone from texas and we're just bros from high school who like play against each other uh to hey i'm a two-star that everyone said sucked and i'm gonna prove that i don't um or like jerry hughes they said i couldn't make it as a running back so i'm gonna be the best defensive end in the in the conference that kind of stuff i think there definitely is some impact um, especially as we see, you know, blue chips going more and more to, to a fewer, a smaller and smaller set of schools. Um, and so I, I think there definitely is something to be said about kind of this renegade mentality that it might've been easier. Again, good players are good and you want to recruit good players. Maybe there's something to be said about chemistry that we haven't measured yet. Yeah. So first off, a disclaimer, uh, in no way, and I think we agree, were we talking about Zach Evans in that answer? I just meant like more, more of a general thing. Yes, first I, I, yeah, 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 yeah. I hadn't even thought about it. Um, I, I think my short answer would be five stars are good, and you should try to get a lot of them. I think this goes back to the have and have not question of if you have built an identity around being a quote-unquote have not, and if you have built your identity around turning these guys into – and finding guys that fit your system, then – switching gears and trying to get a ton of four and five stars probably would not be the right move at least certainly not in one fell swoop so right. i'm kind of playing down the middle there but i think that would be my answer and that is a hell of a question yeah like uh that. sidebar did did cody alexander just drop this like profound theory as a throwaway on our class like yes, he said that yes, have and have nots thing and that shook me like i've been thinking about yeah. that all week no no it's it's incredible yes, he did go go yeah. listen to that podcast if you haven't yeah. Um, all right, uh, frogs of war, those menaces. Uh, um, the vagabonds, I call those, them. Yeah, the vagabonds. Uh, asked, which Big 12 team will perform way above or below Athlon's predictions? Um, I am writing the Football Outsiders Almanac college portion, so I have not let myself open the Athlon preview, so I don't want to talk about it because I'm writing uh, my own preview. No but free let's ads. say, let's, let's generalize that. Who's going to... Did you say no free ads? Yes. Brathlon, <laughs> <laughs> Brathlon for football outsiders, free ads. Uh, Love them. So I don't want, I don't want to talk about it because I, I don't want to see it. Like I want to write my own preview. So uh -huh. let's say who's going to, who's going to be the surprise overachiever and the surprise underachiever in the Big Twelve this year? Okay. I, so, and why because, is it? Te why is? Te why are both? Why of those is it Texas? Texas? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I would have said this before the Gundy thing. But I think Oklahoma State would have to be the underachiever just because there's so much hype on them. And we right. haven't necess necessarily seen them convert, would be right. my answer, because um, they just have a ton of hype. Uh, as far as underhype teams, man, I, Kansas State comes to mind just as a team that they don't have a ton of talent. But with, like, Chris Kleiman there, I think he's an incredibly good coach. And I think he could get some results um, that we wouldn't necessarily expect. My answer is West Virginia. Neil Brown is a wizard. Yeah, that's what I figured. Uh, Frogs of War also asks, which player that no one is talking about do you think could have a breakout camp fun? Oh, man. Yo, the name everyone's talking about is, is Quentin Johnson, wide receiver. Yes. Um, yeah. 
But that so who's, I, I, who is no one talking who, about? Who's, who's no one? Well, clearly I haven't been talking about him. Do, do you have a good answer for this? I'll, I, I'll be honest with you. I haven't thought about camp in ages. It doesn't exist. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I keep going back to I, I'm to Valent Hunt. Like the dude has a body. But man. that doesn't count. I mean, every, everyone's talking. I was thinking more freshmen. Oh, freshmen. Well, I mean, just anyone that can't. I'll, I'll tell you, you know what? If we're not limiting it to freshmen, then. No, no, no anybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, sell me on to time. He has the tools. He's fast. He runs a 4.5. He's big. He's like 6'3", 200. He has everything necessary. He has all the necessary con- conditions to be an excellent receiver. Okay. My answer is Jordy Sandy. God. <laughs> Moving on, uh, the 10, next 12, question. <laughs> 10 12 podcast asks Parker, if running backs don't matter, why does TCU recruit them? Because they have a vendetta specifically annoying. Like, TCU football only exists to personally annoy me. That's my new theory. <laughs> I'm that, that important. So Gary, Potters, Gary Patterson refiled me on Twitter this week. I don't know if you know that. Congratulations. Well, it's time to take a step back. It is. Uh, okay, so that was one. I think we've got uh, two more. Sure. Yes, the, and these are, these are both a little bit longer, so that's fine. Um, okay. So uh, uh, Trent Fleming, noted uh, father of the podcast, uh, uh-huh. asks, the recent loss of Coach Majors reminds us what great coaches both Frank Broyles and Daryl Roy produced. So Frank Broyles, longtime Arkansas coach, Frank Broyles Award is for the best assistant coach in college football, mm-hmm. named after him, and then Daryl Royal, of course, he of uh, Texas fame. Uh, so his question is who are the top three producers today in division one? So coaches that produced a, a long lineage or, or, or a fruitful coaching tree um, off of them, who are your top three producers in division one today? That's a great question. I mean, save is number one. Uh, it, 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 that's cliche, but his coaches can't beat him, but they are extremely good. Um, I mean, I'm just naming the big names, but like you've seen what urban Meyer's done with a lot of his offshoots. Um, Ryan days took over Ohio state pretty seamlessly. Um, and then you'd, you'd have to go to air raid guys, right? I mean, how mummy, I think would be yeah. the other guy on that coaching tree and, and that lineage is weird and, and kind of splits off into different branches. But, but I think all those guys owe a debt to, to how mummy. Right. And I'd, I'd even refine that and just say like, I think, I think Bob Stoops. Yeah. Um, yes. Hayden Fry, a- Hayden Fry. I forgot about Hayden Fry. Yeah, so I can't even translate that, but like in terms of consistent, like like modernish people, because Hayden Fry, like you've you've seen that picture where it's like, I can't even remember yes. who's all there, but it's like Hayden Fry's Iowa squad, and it's yeah, like yeah. Stoops and every just freaking everybody's there. Yeah. Um. So Saban, huge tree. Bill Snyder, huge tree. Jim Harbaugh, like actually a sneakily decent tree. Mm-hmm. Um. And then Urban Meyer, of course, has just you know guys all over the place. Um. Literally. Uh. Steve Adazio got hired at Colorado State, even though he was terrible at Boston College, because they were like, you're an Urban Meyer guy. Urban Meyer was a consultant to like help mm-hmm. them make that hire. Yeah, so I think Stoops, Meyer, uh, Saban, and then potentially Snyder as like a 1A yeah. is, 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 a, is a pretty good list there. So I'm just reading <laughs> one paragraph, Hayden Fry, Bill Snyder, Barry Alvarez, Kirk Ferentz, and his, and his former players, Bob Stoops, Mike Stoops, Chuck Long, and Brett Bielema. Uh, yeah, all at Iowa. Jeez, wow. So, yeah, we'll go ahead. How about Iowa football? Dang, we should have uh, talked about that with Randy. Uh-huh. Um, all right, the last one is uh, is our, our friend and antagonist, Mason Shereen. Uh, and Mason asks, give me a ranking of all the TCU quarterbacks that have started a single game since 1995. 
And to that, so that's I say, the year I was born. I say so. no, but we will do since 2005. So Grant, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna read the list. You have it in front of you. I'm gonna read the yes. list out loud, and then I want your top five off the gun. Okay. Okay. Uh, Andy Dalton, Casey Bahal, Trevon Boykin, Max Duggan, Alex Delton, Mike Collins, Kenny Hill, Sean Robinson, Grayson Mulestein, Bram Colson, Colehausen, Foster Sawyer, Marcus Jackson, Jeff Ballard. If you would have asked me this in 2014, uh, Foster Sawyer would have been number one. Uh, <laughs> but, but as it is now, uh, my list in order from one to five goes Boykin, Dalton, Hill, Paha, Duggan. Interesting. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go Dalton, Paha, Boykin. What? <laughs> no. Okay. This is my, this is the hill I will die on. I mean, we Casey, don't have time to go into it. Okay. Casey Paha was incredible. Okay. Uh, Duggan is number four. Number five, I'm picking Bram Kohlhausen because I feel like one, that's you, way more fun. And don't two, get Kenny Hill out of that list. Kenny Hill got way underutilized at TCU, and that's and not that's my not fault. His fault. That's not his fault. That's not my fault. So uh, I can't. I can't be responsible for either of those things. Ah, that made me mad. <laughs> that's great. All right. Well, um, yeah. Go listen. To, listen to this Randy Peterson interview. Sorry, we went long. Um, I should do like a Twitter survey or something and see like if they want us to keep it to 45 minutes or something, but I had fun. I hope you had fun. Um, you can find Grant on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter. You know where we are already. Sign up for the Purple Theory newsletter. See what's coming next and enjoy this preview. Other than that, we're out of here and Grant, I will catch you next week. Later, Parker. Randy Peterson of the Des Moines Register joins us tonight to preview Iowa State's 2020 campaign. Randy, thanks for joining us tonight. How are you? Hey, I'm great. It's always it's always good to to talk to somebody other than myself. Um, <laughs> Definitely, as we're living in a in a weird world. I mean, Definitely. Well, that's been the uh, the common refrain. It's nice to be a human with someone who doesn't live in my exact house. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'm in I'm in Des Moines, Iowa, and about um, maybe three blocks from my house is a casino that just opened. And I'm, I'm doing everything I can to resist the temptation of going. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, you know, if they got you can those make face shields. As long as you want. <laughs> if, if they got that, uh, they got those face shields, you know, who, who knows? Uh, well, they, I, I assume they do. I've seen video um, on TV, but I'm just not ready to go that route yet. No, no, no. Um, yeah, well, so, so Randy, uh, tell us about, you're, you're at the Des Moines Register. How, uh, how long have you been there? You really want to know that? I started at the register in um, in December of 1972. That's amazing. Oh my god! And that's the, it's the only place I've ever worked. Wow. So um, yeah, I started as a part time employee when I was going to Drake University, and when I was a junior, my second semester junior, Iowa State needed or Iowa State the register needed somebody to work full time, and I'd already been been working there as a part timer. And they said that, you know, they, they, they hired me right away, but I made one stipulation is that, is that the, the register would pay for my last semester of college. Um, That's a sweet and, and yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and back then it wasn't, it wasn't all that much. And, and so that was cool. Yeah. So I've been, my gosh, it's the only place I've ever worked. And That's awesome. Yeah. And I, you know, the, the longer I go, the, um, the changes I see in the, in the um, journalism world, the media world. Um, and so I just kind of roll with the punches and 
-hmm. Doing my best to get 50 years in at one spot, which I think would be kind of cool. Yeah, that's very impressive. Um, wow. Uh, wait, so, so uh, about Drake, wasn't Drake the school that like two years ago, Iowa State had a weird makeup game and they, yeah. it wasn't on TV and it was like 17 to 20 or in the rain or something crazy? It was, it was, yeah, exactly. It was um, the two years ago, Iowa State had its season opener. Um, back then it was against, who was it? South Dakota. And I believe, and it was, it was a torrential downpour, lightning, you name it, the weather, it was horrible. And, they, and, and so they, about the time they'd get the game started, here comes some more lightning. About the time they start, here comes some more lightning. And so after a while, I'm like, my gosh, maybe 10 o'clock at night, that you could see other games in the Midwest being, being also being, being um, postponed or, or canceled, actually. So about 10 o'clock that night, they decided to cancel the game. And at that point in time, Iowa State didn't know whether they'd even be able to make it, to make it up with anybody. They tried to make it up with, the, with the, their opponent they were playing, but it just didn't work out for the dates. And then suddenly, about three quarters of the way through the season, Iowa State Athletic Director Jamie Pollard and the Drake Athletic Director Brian Harden came up with, came up with, a, with a solution. Drake had an open um, date on the last game of the year, and Iowa State had, a, had, an, open, had an opening. And so Drake said they'd go to Ames to play. Well, lo and behold, it was, it was still a crappy day, but they, but they played the game. There was no lightning. And, um, yeah, my alma mater almost beat Iowa State. It was – that had been horrible. I mean, yeah. for, for <laughs> Iowa State. I mean, that's a non-scholarship school. Drake yeah. has a great football program. Um, and so, that, was the, that was the Alamo Bowl year? They won that and they ended up playing was. Washington yeah, State in the Alamo exactly. Bowl? Right, right, right. right. Yeah. That's so crazy. So, yeah, exactly. So that was – wow. Um, you know, and, and it – it was that game was was iffy throughout throughout yeah. most of the game. Right. Um, I remember Iowa State playing a good, playing a very good second half, a much better second half. And I've got to believe that that Matt Campbell um, got into their shorts a little bit at halftime. <laughs> um, you know, saying that this team's not going to roll over. This right. team has nothing to lose that you're playing. Right. So um, yeah, so I mean, so it was it was. Uh, an eye opener for 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 Iowa State, shall we say? Well, and, and it would have been the biggest moment for Drake since Zach Johnson won the 2007 Masters. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> that's, so, a I mean, that's a good point. Yeah. yeah. All of, future, future future Hall of Famer. Future Hall of Famer. Future Hall of Famer. Zach, that, you're daggum right. That is the uh, that's the first fact I know about Drake. That's it right there. I just learned it tonight. Uh, <laughs> Drake went to the Final Four in basketball in 1968. Wow. There you go. See. That, yeah. Fact number two. Yeah. That's actually and got hosed by the refs against. Against UCLA in in the which would have been the semifinal round, there was wow. a bad call at the end of the game that allowed UCLA to win. If I'm editorializing here, that's okay. That's nice. and uh, and um, yeah, so um, UCLA won the game, and back then they played a consolation game, and Iowa State won the consolation game against North Carolina. So, wow. so there, there you go. Very cool. Very cool. There's um, your Drake trivia for the day. There's our, there's our Drake like trivia. It. So let's let's kind of leverage that to kind of talk about. Uh, Iowa State football and and kind of swing back to you know I, I mentioned right there that that year they played in the Alamo Bowl and um, so where I want to start in in talking about the program is just generally Matt Campbell and the program like how big of a deal is it that Iowa State has been in the Alamo Bowl in the last two years? Um, yeah, it's it's very significant. Um, at that point in time, it was the best bowl Iowa State been in. Um, so yeah, it was. 
it was cool. It was it was very significant, and and it was a um, a turning point in the program. That was it was uh, I think it was Campbell's third or fourth year, and for that to happen so quickly, that was that was pretty good because they had essentially a whole new roster. They turned the roster. They changed the culture of the program, and yeah, they got, they got to the Alamo Bowl, and then they they then last year they 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 ended up playing Notre Dame in a Camping World Bowl. So so. That became Iowa State's best bowl game, right? Ever so the last two years, um, yeah. This 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 um, Matt Campbell's program has, has taken hold. The foundation of the program he's built, he's built it through recruiting. He's built it through the high schools. It filled in with with um, transfers, but but essentially it's been it's been built through the high schools, and and through a a large part through high schools right here in the Midwest. I mean, Campbell and his assistants are tapping on, tapping in on, on their, their Ohio roots, which as you guys know, that's not a horrible place to recruit mm-hmm. in the state of Ohio. Everybody can't go to Ohio state. So um, yeah, so that's, so Matt Campbell has, has, has turned this program um, and for, for the better. And it's just, you know, and, and what's coming up in the 2000, whatever the 2020 season holds, is that um, I'm saying this this probably should be a very good chance of being Iowa State's best team ever. Just a very good chance of that. Definitely. Well, uh, uh, oh, go ahead, Grant. No, I was going to say, Parker, I know Parker has some kind of st- statistics from last year that he wants to rattle off, but you kind of perfectly segued into a question I had, um, which is that – so. Like having covered TCU, I know that teams can win with three-star recruits, three and two-star recruits. You find your guys, plug them into the system, and with a good coach, you can build them into a winner. But Iowa State has kind of been in that, you know, sixth in the Big 12, seventh in the Big 12 range in recruiting. And so my question is, is that just kind of going to be the model going forward, or do you think there's a chance that Campbell can pick off some guys and, and kind of pilfer maybe a four-star from that got overlooked by Ohio State or something? I, that's possible. Sure. I, I, I think so. But I think largely this program is going to be built on three-star guys, a mm-hmm. developmental program. He's not afraid to say that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 you know, sure. They can pick off, they can pick off some three or four or four or five-star guys. I think I haven't looked at the recruiting r- ratings lately, but, but quarterback they got from right here in, in the state of Iowa, Hunter Deckers. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I believe he's still a three-star, but he could go up to, well, I, I believe he finished this as a three-star, but I know there was some possibility of him going to a four-star guy. Um, he's he's going to be good, mm-hmm. and so and so it's it's you know getting guys like that. Um, Brock Purdy was was a was a three-star guy, for example, and and look mm-hmm. what he's doing. Um, Brees Hall, the running back, he's mm-hmm. I don't think he was he was a four-star guy. So so what I'm saying is Matt Campbell gets gets the guys. He can get. He gets good players. He gets mm-hmm. very good players, but he he and his staff, um, you know, they 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 develop them into into um, you know they they make them they turn them into better players, mm-hmm. and and that's that's been the whole basis of this program. And I, I I haven't looked at the recruiting ratings lately, but I I'm pretty sure that Iowa State is among the the Big 12's, you know top four. So I would guess for the 2000, what would that be? 2020 recruiting class or even 2021 going forward because Iowa State's got a slew of 2021 um, commitments already. So, so I think Iowa State is moving up in the, in the recruiting rankings, but I don't, you know, you're not, 
let's face it, they're not, and even TCU, you're not going to catch, you're not going to surpass Oklahoma. You're not going to surpass right. Texas in the recruiting ratings. But if you can get right there in that three or four spot, you know, with the, the right now, at least with the Oklahoma States, TCUs, the Iowa States of the world, Baylor possibly when, once they get their, their new system figured out. Yeah. I think, I think the, there's, um, there'll be some challenges made to the top of the, of the, of the standings. Definitely. And, and Campbell's development uh, acumen is, is on display uh, very, very quickly. I mean, you know, David Montgomery and Hakeem Butler were guys who were virtual no-names who went to Iowa State and, and became productive NFL players. I think Brock Purdy is going to become a productive NFL player. Um, and so Campbell's definitely been able to kind of um, vault those guys and do, again, we're a TCU podcast. We, we love the Gary Patterson model of making the most out of guys. And, you know, Gary Patterson says, those stars are your stars. They're not my stars. And I think Matt Campbell definitely um, agrees with that as well. Um, okay, so before we talk about 2019, I'm sorry to do this. We have to talk about Iowa. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Five That's straight fun. losses, a couple Dude, of I covered losses. Iowa for a lot. I covered Iowa for a lot of years. So, yeah. So, so, so tell us. connections over there. Tell us one what that Iowa Iowa State rivalry means to you know our listeners are largely Texan and, and Big Twelve but um, tell us tell us what that Iowa Iowa State rivalry means uh, to both of those schools. I've covered it from both sides. But when Interesting. When I was okay. covering Iowa and and from and from Iowa State, and I'm telling you that there's no love lost among the fan bases from either school. That is evident. Um, that is very evident on Twitter. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. I'm kidding. Um, yeah. And Twitter. Good lord. But yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that that week of that game is is uh, you know you unless you're unless you're you're if, if you're involved in the game from a media standpoint, you want to stay away from Twitter. I mean, it, it's just you know it's it's just mm-hmm. ridiculous. But yeah, Iowa fans don't like Iowa State fans. Iowa State fans don't like Iowa fans. Um, and thankfully, it's just it's just mostly for that for that one game. I said mostly now, um, <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> But, uh, you know, and it, it, it goes I – don't, I don't see it so much in basketball, that, that huge I don't like you – or in football. I don't see that in football as much as I do basketball, that whole I don't like you, you're going – you go to Iowa or you go to Iowa State. I don't see that in football as much as basketball. Basketball, it's, it's, it's more prevalent. Um, back when wow. George Niang was having a heyday taunting the University of Iowa student mm-hmm. section with kisses when they played at – at Iowa, for example, or last year when Jordan Bohannon, an Iowa basketball player, um, um, played his what he thought would be his last game um, uh, because of, of injury. It was his last game of the year last year because of injury, and he knew that going into the game. He he uh, after the game he put his shoe he took off his shoes and, and left them at the free throw line of of uh, of Hilton Coliseum, you know Iowa State's Hilton Coliseum. So yeah, there's some. There's more bad blood there with basketball than the, among the football players, I think. But uh, yeah, it's it's that that game gets gets just crazy. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I and and I know that that there's rivalries in Texas. I mean that that are that are like that. I mean, or, or more heated than than that. But but um, you know for you know for here for Iowa, nice. Oh my gosh, we're not very nice during. <laughs> 
during that week. Um, yeah. Well, I think that's why it looks like so crazy. And we'll, and we'll segue to real football here in a second. But like we, you know, TCU is a, a, a rival with Texas Tech, for example. And I would expect a person from Lubbock to do any number of horrible things to me because I root for a different football team. But Iowa, you think like, oh, you guys are like nice, Midwestern, decent. I don't expect uh, the animosity, but the animosity is definitely there when it comes to the week of Iowa, Iowa State. Uh, so, um, oh, yeah. no, you're right. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's ridiculous. And, and like I said, for the most part, it goes away right after that game. Um, I'm not saying Iowa and Iowa State fans hug and kiss, but um, – um, it, unless they're, you know, you're married into the program, into one or the other programs, which is very prevalent also in this state. But um, yeah, for the most part, after after that game, you've, you've the the state returns, the the fan bases return to sanity. For sure, for sure. Good. All right, well, um, uh, uh, let's let's go ahead and move back into uh, Iowa State and Iowa State football 2020. So uh, 2019, Iowa was seven and six. They were. Five and four in the Big 12, but they did finish third according to tiebreakers. They were two and four in one score games, and they had 8.9 second order wins, which our listeners know means um, just based on the statistics of each game, we would expect them to have uh, almost nine wins instead of seven wins. So they slightly underperformed based on what we would ex- expect um, there. They were 24th in SP. Plus. Uh, which is an efficiency and explosiveness measure overall, 42nd in offense, 25th in defense. And they are 52nd overall in returning production, the percent of people that they are bringing back um, on both sides of the ball. And they were um, sixth in 2020 Big 12 recruiting. So let's go ahead and talk about um, the the defense specifically. Under Matt Campbell, Iowa's defense, or Iowa State's defense has been 25th, 28th, 88th. Uh, which was his first year. And before that, they were 67th, 104th, 82nd. So a clear level set improvement. Matt Campbell is a defensive guy. He has that tight front that is so um, attractive and taking over a lot of places in college football outside of the Big 12, but also in the Big 12. Um, So Iowa State loses Marcel Spears Jr. and they lose Braxton uh, Lewis, who are two of their top five tacklers on defense, but they bring back eight of their top 10 tacklers. So Randy, uh, looking at Iowa State 2020, who are going to be the playmakers on on defense? You know, we know Matt Campbell's system works. We know he gets guys to make plays. Who are going to be those names now that two of the top five tacklers are, are moving on? Well, I, I think I think you have to start with with um, linebacker um, Mike Rose. He started. He played as a true freshman. Started as a true freshman. He started at middle linebacker. Replaced a guy you guys probably heard of it called Joel Lanning, mm-hmm. um, who was who was a converted quarterback and became you know a very 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 good good middle linebacker. Um, so Mike Rose started playing as a as a true freshman two years ago in the middle. Last year he moved out. He moved outside and and he's he's gotten even better. He's quick. Um, he, he doesn't miss on, he doesn't whiff on, on, on too many tackles. So I, I think, I think he's leading a linebacker core that actually is, is, is very experienced. Um, yeah, you, you, you mentioned, uh, Marcel Spears leaving and he, and he was a linebacker, but, but guys like Jake Hummel, um, have started, Rose has started. These are returnings now. Orion Vance, he started a lot of games. Will McDonald. Um, who's who's an outside linebacker who's a converted defensive end. Dudes, this guy is 6'4", 230, and he is a truck. I mean, this guy is 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 massive. Um, and last year was the first time he played linebacker. So I think I think your tackles are gonna come, your tackle statistics are gonna come are gonna come from the linebackers, 
Now, at as far as as far as the defense, as far as the defensive line, Iowa State. I think Iowa State is pretty stacked. You've got Zach Peterson, who started most of the games last year. You've got a, a junior college transfer, Latrell Bankston, who's six foot three hundred, who's going to play in the middle. Wow. <laughs> yeah. This kid is this guy is good, man. I think he was he was at one of the JCL America teams from Hutchison Community College right down the road in Kansas. Oh yeah. Um so and and, and interestingly, Jaquan Bailey, <coughs> excuse me, Jaquan Bailey, who last who would was injured for my gosh, 90% of last year. He went into last year one sack behind the Iowa State's one sack shy of breaking, not just time, but breaking Iowa State's career record. Well, he got hurt in the first game of the year, so he missed the rest of the season. Instead of, and he's a senior, instead of, of um, you know, of, of taking his stuff elsewhere, you know, he, whether it, whether it be, whether it be trying to hook on somewhere in free agency in the NFL or, or, or whatever, going on to, you know, to, to life after college, and he's already graduated, he worked hard, and he de- he decided he's coming back. So he, he's a he's a very experienced starter. Like I said, he continues to be his first sack will break the the school's career sack records. So Iowa State's front whatever that would be front seven. Um, that's counting three um, defensive linemen, like you alluded to, that they, that they will continue to play, and they play it very very well. Um, Iowa State's defensive front seven is going to be very very good, I think. Yeah, for sure. I, I remember last year looking at, at Micros and um, and just being amazed by how, how much he progressed just to his first couple of years. And then Peterson last year came on so strong at the end. Um, those guys certainly seem to be the anchors. And, and you mentioned those other guys as well. But is there anything different from the last two seasons that we should expect coming up defensively? Or is it just kind of plugging next men in uh, and, and kind of rolling with it? The only, the only thing, no, I, I think you're just, I think you're plugging in because mm-hmm. they're, they're, John Haycock is continues to be the defensive coordinator, mm-hmm. and he's very, very good. I mean, like two years ago, two years ago now, Oklahoma made a run at him. Oklahoma mm-hmm. made a run at him, and um, you know he said no, and I didn't think there was any reason that he would, he would go to Oklahoma because this will be his. He's fifty in his fifties. And I figured that Iowa State would be his would be his last stop, and he's got he's he's been coaching with Campbell a long time, not just at Iowa State, but but before Iowa State. But but Haycock is Haycock is a genius. Um, he's he's as good a defensive coordinator as, as as I've seen at Iowa State, probably probably the best defensive coordinator I, I've seen at Iowa State. Um, so I, I don't think you're going to see a whole lot of change. It's just a matter of of Iowa State players of the Iowa state players learning the system, the sure. system more. Um, and, and as, as they've changed to the three man front, what, two years ago, they're starting to get recruits. They're recruiting to that, to that three man front. So I, I think that the only, the only change you will see is, is just as far as knowledge of the defense, what they want to do on defense. Um, but as far as any schemes, you're not going to see anything, anything really wacky. Um, you know, and as far as as far as the defensive backfield, as far as the secondary, they're pretty experienced back there too. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so I'm looking for Iowa State to be very, very good defensively. And if, if there is a if there is a little bit of a flaw, in the, if there is a flaw in the defense, which there is, there's a flaw in all the Big Twelve and throughout the Big Twelve in defenses. Um, 
the Big 12 seems to be has gone a little bit. You guys know this. Mm-hmm. It's been tilting a little bit towards passing more so than it – or towards running more so than it has in the past. And Iowa State hasn't, had, hasn't been great at, at, stop, at defending the run um, in a very long time. So I think, I think that, that part still needs, needs um, a lot of work. But, um, you know, and I, I think that's why everybody in the conference is having their eye on Oklahoma State over these last couple of days to see what Chuba was going to do. Sure. Uh, because that's, my gosh, that's a, that's a difference-making <laughs> situation right there. You guys know. For sure, for sure. Um, yeah, and so, and so talking about, you know, coaches that have been with Matt Campbell for a long time, if we, if we switch over to the other side of the ball and talk about offense, you know, Tom Manning came back last year after a brief stint with the Indianapolis Colts in the NFL, um, and, and he is, is back. Uh, we, we've talked about how, you know, Iowa State has been perhaps better than their record the last couple of years, right. um, and their offense has been better than the numbers show. So kind of thinking about that, uh, and thinking about Tom Manning's second year uh, in charge of, of the Iowa State offense, what, is, what do you expect Manning to try and do this year to make the offense take that step from, you know, the, the 60s and the, and the 50s of efficiency to the 30s and the 40s, um, that kind of well, next progression? Yeah, good question. There's, there's, there's two things there. Iowa State hired, um, during the offseason, Matt Campbell hired from Northwestern, Mick McCall. And um, he's, he's of the um, – um, John Haycock Ilk, been around mm-hmm. forever. He's always been an offensive coach. He's, he's a former Division I offensive coordinator, including at, at, um, at Northwestern. So Matt hired him, which was, which was is lending a wise old, old, mm-hmm. I don't I use that word loosely, another <laughs> wise, another veteran, and I use the word old, old loosely because, like I said, I've been at the register since 1972. So, um, but you know, as long as you feel 40 like I do, you're good. Yep. But, um, but um, anyway, yeah, they they've got a, a wily veteran also on the offensive side of the ball. So, so I think Tom Manning is going to you know plug into the plug into um, McCall's knowledge of the game. I think they'll use, they'll bounce stuff off each other. And I, I, I really think, and with all the players, my gosh, that, that I would say that, that those guys have coming back on the offense, I think, I think that this offense will be very good. Um, you know, and, and Manning, interestingly, Manning left Iowa State. He went to, like you mentioned, he went to, he went to the Colts and coached the tight ends, came back his first year back, Iowa State's tight ends, went from essentially not existent when the Campbell um, got to Iowa State. I mean, Iowa State's tight ends were horrible. They were essentially non-existent. I'm not even certain there was a, a, a tight end, a scholarship tight end on the roster with Campbell and these guys got there. But mm-hmm. they've, got, they've gone from that to having two guys for sure that could be drafted next year. Um, could be, I know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And, and three very, very above average linebackers or, or, deep, or uh, tight ends. So that position has, has gone from, from nothing to, to essentially for Iowa State greatness. And I think you'll, 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 see, that, you'll see that continue to progress given the fact that, that um, uh, of all the, the, the stars returning around them. I, I, so I think that, that the offense is, is, could be one of the top three or four offenses in the Big 12. Well, and you mentioned all that returning production and, and 
certainly when, when you talk tight ends, you, you got to talk Charlie Kolar, who's, who's extremely good. Right. But Brock Purdy is – Yeah, yeah. But Brock – yeah. And, and Brock Purdy's not – I mean, the highlight. You know, fourth in the Big 12 in QBR last year, 33rd nationally. Um, yeah, I, he had 249 yards on the ground, but 41% of that came against TCU, which was a game that will – stick in my mind for a long time that's so uh, frustrating six, we're not talking about God, i know going. i know yeah that, <laughs> it, that didn't happen. Uh, 60 to 1 heisman on so so just kind of the passing game it, like you said it really seems like they're they're on track for for an explosive season yeah yeah they are um you know and the thing about purdy is that we uh, we should talk about but we should i mentioned right now before we get too farther iowa state lost four of its last six games last year mm-hmm. um and that's including against notre dame Brock Purdy had a had a bad had a bad ankle mm-hmm. in maybe five of those games, the last mm-hmm. five games. So he was playing on he was playing on a very bad ankle. Um, nonetheless, he w- he was out there doing his best. So I'm not saying that would have made any difference. I'm not sure. saying that at all. But but his, certainly his production was down. Um, you know, for example, the game at Kansas State, it was as windy a day as I've ever seen, and it gets pretty windy up there, and so. Running the football was was the way to go, not passing it. Well, Brock Purdy is a, is a very good runner, as you guys alluded to. He's a very good runner. Well, he could not run in that game because mm-hmm. because of his of his bad ankle. So, I mean, he was he was essentially a, a one tool player yeah. in that game. So, given a healthy Brock Purdy, yeah. But but as far as far as the passing game, I my gosh, um, his completion percentage is is you know you've got the numbers. I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but. But is is he was north of sixty? I think he was. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very good. He's going to become, you know, at some point this season, he's going to own all of Iowa State's career records, mm-hmm. and he'll have a year to go should he choose to should he choose to use it. And and this is you know, Iowa State hasn't been blessed with with a ton of of, of I guess great quarterbacks, but Iowa State has had. Seneca Wallace, for mm-hmm. example, who went on to play in the pros. Um, Sage Rosenfels, who had a you know who had a pro career mostly as a back, obviously as a backup. Oh, I'm a Texans fan. I know. I yeah. know Sage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and you know Sage is still around. He goes to practice a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I I you know I can't wait to see and I'm and we've not seen any of the players um, yet, and and so I cannot wait to see wait to see Brock and, and, you know, what he looks like. Cause I know he's been, been back in Arizona or he was in Arizona during the, during, um, before they could go to campus. Yeah. And, and I'm sure he was working out with his brother who's also a quarterback. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. yeah, I can't, I can't wait to see that. And the passing game is, is yeah. Okay. They lost, they lost a couple good receivers, but they've got good receivers coming back. And it's, I think that the, the tight ends, could be could be the passing playmakers. I I, I really do. For given, sure. Especially to um, um, Charlie Kohler and, and and Chase Allen. I don't know whether you guys know this. Chase Allen is is a son of of uh, Terry Allen, former former Kansas head coach. Um, hmm. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, I did not know that. Also, yeah. So he knows um, a thing or two about football, also. You would, you would certainly think so. Yes, sir. Um, okay, so I want to I want to ask about the rushing game first. Though I'm just going to put you on the spot. Yes or no? Are you putting money on Brock Purdy at 60 to one odds for the Heisman? <laughs> and what, what are the odds? 60 to one. Never. I think there's value there. 
Sure, I, there's a lot of value ten, there. Ten bucks on Brock Purdy for Heisman. What do you got to lose? You know, sure, right, that's right. great. <laughs> but but I don't I don't bet college football. Oh, but, of course. But yeah, sure, if I sure. if I did, sure. I that <laughs> I think that would be good. Yes, sir. Uh, um, okay, so the the other side of the offense is the uh, is the, is the rushing game, and you know you touched on Brees Hall. He was uh, four point nine yards per carry, nine touchdowns, forty one point six success rate. He was a, a freshman last year, um, and I think he'll come back and be primed to be. Uh, a really good quality running back for Iowa state. My question is um, they're only returning 20% of their offensive line starts. They're losing four starters um, 82nd in rushing efficiency last year. So with losing offensive line, uh, are you worried at all about the rushing game, keeping up with the passing game, uh, given yeah, that the passing game is trying to move? Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good point. And I think, I think there's legitimate concern there. Um, you're, you're, you, you talk about Iowa state losing, losing three of its, one, two, three, three of its, of its five starters. Um, the two starters coming back, Colin Olson and Colin Newell. Mm-hmm. Given if, if they, if they had been healthy all last year, they're probably the best offensive lineman on last year's team. And so, so yeah, they're, they're coming back. Um, and, and they're coming back healthy. So yeah, they're, they, they're going to have to, you know, they're going to have to plug some holes on the offensive line. That's, that's, that's for certain, but there have been guys that have started. I mean, some games, Joey Ramos has started some games at left tackle. Um, um, Trevor Downing. I didn't, I did not. Um, Trevor Downing. I didn't mention him. He's, he's, and I, I, I misspoke. Colin Olson is, is, is gone. Right. I meant Downing to, was, yeah. Downing's coming. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yes, sir. Trevor Downing. And, and, you know, with Downing and, and, and Newell, those guys, those guys are good. They're, they're a good nucleus to build around. Um, and Sean Foster is a, is a, well, started probably at right tackle. And he started some games actually as a redshirt freshman. Um, and Foster now is a, now is a senior. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So I think, yeah, Iowa State's offensive line has never been great. I cannot remember Iowa State's offensive line ever even being a whole lot above average. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, and last year's offensive line was just average, as you guys, as you alluded to in, in the right. statistics, and it was. You can't, you know, you can't hide that. This year's offensive line, I don't know how much more improved it will be, if any. But I know that I know that the two of the returnees were probably, if they were healthy all last year, they'd have been the best offensive line in Iowa State mm-hmm. had last year. Interesting. So that'll uh, potentially carry over this this uh, this fall too, and then the experience of of Brees Hall will definitely translate into some rushing success. And, and I, guys, I think Brees Hall is going to be very good. Yeah, I mean, Iowa State's loaded at running yeah. back. Mm-hmm. I mean, not only with Brees Hall, but um, yeah, who are the other who are the other names? Yeah, Johnny Lang has played a lot of ball for Iowa State. Okay, Nawangwu, he's played a ton mm-hmm. of ball. He's probably he had an Achilles deal a couple of years ago and he missed the whole season. He's he was back last year and he's probably still the fastest guy on the team. Um, I don't I don't know how much he'll play in the backfield as a true running back, but he'll be he'll be on some special teams and he'll be a guy on the, on um, some jet sweeps. And eventually, I think that I think I think uh, Brees Hall's number two running back is going to be um, Jirel Brock, mm-hmm. who who is a redshirt freshman this year, who played a little bit last year as a true freshman. This kid is good. This kid, I thought, would end up being – I thought he could have been a starter last year going into the season. I thought eventually Jairuk could be the starter, the starting running back. Well, I think he got set back a little bit with some, with some minor injuries in practice, and Brees Hall went past him. <coughs> Excuse me, and Brees Hall went past him. But um, I think that's going to be a good battle to watch um, 
during the spring, spring, huh? During during whatever we're calling this. Yeah, this right. The, the air the air quote spring. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Well, a, a wealth of uh, a wealth of running backs certainly a good problem to have. And the Iowa State offense again, if if they can make the step forward, given that defense, look to be really really good this year. So let's transition and talk about their schedule here as we're um we're wrapping up. Uh, so in 2020, uh, they'll play an FCS non-con game. They will play UNLV, and they will play at Iowa for their non-conference schedule. Then they have five games uh, at home for the Big 12 slate, a, a pretty good slate. They have Texas Tech, Oklahoma, Kansas State, Baylor, and West Virginia at home. Away, they have Kansas, Oklahoma State. They go to TCU in Fort Worth, and then they go to Austin to play Texas. So my question, Randy, uh, I have two questions. Is, uh, is this year that Iowa State won? beats Iowa uh and two is it the year that they break five conference wins which even in some of their great seasons in the past or you know relatively great seasons in the past um five conference wins has kind of been that ceiling so can they can they beat Iowa and can they overcome the five conference win threshold yeah they can beat Iowa absolutely and um well I guess the question is will they will they beat Iowa there you go go. (laughs) I mean the game's in Iowa City obviously like you said um but I don't know what the social distancing is going to be on the second week of the season, which is when that game is played. I have no idea. Iowa, Iowa can be a pretty hostile environment, mm-hmm. uh, Kinnick Stadium in Iowa City. So I don't know what the social distancing is going to be. I don't know whether there are going to be 69,000 fans there or 9,000 fans there. I don't have any idea, and I don't think anybody does right now. But, but on paper but on paper now, Iowa State has more coming back. Iowa, mm-hmm. Iowa is, is breaking in a new quarterback, for example. Um, you know, and, and so I was talking to – who was I talking to? Um, uh, Desmond Howard. I was talking to Desmond Howard a couple of days ago. And we were just, we were just talking about, about Iowa State football and Big 12 and stuff for stories that I'm doing down the road. And he said, he said one thing that Iowa State's got that a lot of the Big 12 doesn't have right now is, is a lot of experience coming back. And given the climate in which we're in right now, Given the fact that you don't know, you don't know who's going to test positive. You never know that. Right. You know, players. I guarantee you, players are going to test positive. We're already seeing some of that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so, unless it's unless it's the key 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 players testing positive and then are out for a long time, like I said, given the fact there'll be positive tests, teams with a lot of with a lot of quality depth, with a lot of quality experience returning, like Iowa State, could be at an advantage. And so, it, getting back to the Iowa game. Yeah, I think Iowa State has has on paper right now better players. I think um, I don't know whether the, Iowa State has the depth, but at least the frontline players. Yeah, I would say Iowa State would get the would get the nod on that. Um, but I guess we just have to wait and see what happens. But it, but then um, you know Iowa will be favored probably by three points. You know something mm-hmm. like that. It'll be it'll yeah. be close. But but as far as five conference wins, yeah, I think I think this is the year that Iowa State that Iowa State does that. I, I really do. I think, I think Iowa State can win nine games, eight or nine games, given a chance to play in a bowl game also. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. I mean, the only, the only game I see really Iowa State, um, you know, having major, major, major trouble, Oklahoma and, and at Texas. Other than that, I think, I think those, those games are going to be, be very good. And, and we all know what happened three years ago at Oklahoma. Iowa State beat sure. – Baker Mayfield in Oklahoma and Iowa State's um, beat Texas last year at Ames. So, so um, yeah. So I, I, I don't know. Iowa State plays at TCU. Good. Cool. I like that. I like TCU's press box. It's nice. It's very nice. You. Yeah. It's I went for the first nice. time this last off season and I was very impressed. So, um, uh, that, well, uh, I was going to say, yeah, I mean, I, I think 
it, we couldn't have you on this podcast without asking what every single media member has been forced to talk about, about Iowa State for the last two years, which is, are, what are the worries about Matt Campbell moving? And, and, and what's sort of the timeline that, that and what needs to happen for him to leave Ames? Okay, here's what needs, here's what needs to happen in my estimation. Okay. I think I don't think he's going to the NFL right now because he had a chance to do that two years ago. He had a chance to do that last year. Mm -hmm. I think that's off his radar for a while. Keep your eye on Ohio State, mm -hmm. and that's not going to open. Keep your eye on Penn State, and if that would have opened, I think that would probably open last year. Keep your eye on um, Notre Dame, and I don't think Ooh, that's going to open for a while. Interesting, yeah. Um, so, so those schools right there, I would say, I would say keep your eye on those because he's not going to go just for anything. No. He's, he's not. He, uh, the reports last year, I mean, I think you confirmed this. He let the phone ring. Like, I think it was the Jets called him, and he was like, I'm not, I'm not answering. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, in Florida, what, what, either Florida or Florida State, one of the, one of the Floridas, mm -hmm. I mean, wanted him. I mean, there were re reports. Which was it? Florida? Florida State. It was Florida State, Florida and then State. I think Arkansas. I, I saw a report that Matt yeah, Campbell Arkansas was leaving for the Arkansas job, Florida which he State was not. Florida State last year, there were reports that, um, I, that incredible media now. There are reports that, that Matt Campbell was going to be named the coach within a 24-hour period. Wow. And so I got, I got some friends down there in the media, and I got on the phone, and I said, dudes, I said, this ain't happening. This ain't happening. <laughs> Trust me. I'll go to my grave on this one. It ain't happening right now. You know, so, um, yeah, but his name's going to continue to be mentioned. Um, Iowa State fans know that. <clears throat> but, but like I said, it's those three or four schools that I think, uh, that I think have to – have to um, are the only schools that can that, that will trip his trigger right now because he's already making a lot of money. Right, mm -hmm. they're already they're already and they're redoing the outside of the stadium. They're making investing whole, in facilities. Yep, a whole new ninety million dollar complex is in the is in the process of being built right now. So, um, Iowa State suddenly is not so suddenly gradually has become a destination spot. I think so. It's gonna be it's gonna take something pretty good for Matt Campbell to leave. Interesting. Well, that's cool. They might have a little uh, a little space there to kind of to flourish, which is it, it's cool to see a program uh, have that align. Um, okay, Randy, last very last question. Put a number on the Iowa State wins this fall. No one will listen this far. No one will hold you to this. Iowa State wins twenty twenty. How many? Without a bowl game, I would say eight. Eight without a bowl game. Okay. Eight without a bowl game. I like it. That would be but, a step, yeah. and assuming and assuming a twelve game regular season schedule. Yes, of sure. course. Yes, yes, yes. Which we all know that's a coin flip. Yeah. Yeah. Who yeah. knows? Who knows with that? Um, yeah, I would say eight. Okay, eight. Eight like is it. eight is the number. Um, well, that's great, Randy. Thank you so much for your time. This has been uh, so fun and very informative about Iowa State this fall. Um, a great, a great uh, window into what fans should look for. Um, where can fans find you on the internet and follow your work uh, this football season and going forward? Yeah, um, we're at DesMoinesRegister.com. Um, go to that, and the register just redid its its website, so it's kind of cool. And um, on the on the Twitter, I'm what am I at Randy Pete? So at Randy Pete. At Randy Pete. And you're not gonna see anything, see anything stupid from me on the Twitter. It's gonna be pretty much pretty much straight down the middle. Um, yeah. That's that's a, that's a, that's a good because I, I follow Parker and all I see are stupid things. So I was so going to say, yeah, good, Randy. Yeah, Randy followed me last week. Timeline. He knows a lot about stupid stuff <laughs> yeah, on Twitter. Yeah, so. Yeah. yeah, so I'm just uh, I'm finished right down yeah. the middle for the most part. I'm not doing anything stupid. I don't want anybody coming back at me swearing and anything because mm. I've got two daughters and a granddaughter that read the internet. <laughs> I, don't, I, I, I love I don't that attitude. That.
That's wonderful. Well, Randy, thank you so much. Thank you, guys.